This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB.com Extras, Rays Edition. I'm Brittany Giroli, here with MLB.com Rays reporter Bill Chastain. Bill, how, how are you? What's new? Not too much, Brett. How's it going? It's going well. So tell us about uh, what's going on here with the Rays and, and that number one prospect, um, former number one prospect, Willie Adamas. What, what do you think of him and, and getting to see him uh, for a prolonged period? Has your opinion changed at all? Well, you know, we had, uh, as in those who cover the team and, and Rays fans, had heard so much about him over the years. And, uh, of course, he came over in the David Price deal when he was very young. And he finally got up this year and went back down for a little bit. Um, he struggled some, but once uh, they traded Adenis Hechevaria, um he seemed to kind of flourish. I mean, Hechevarria is such a talented fielding shortstop. I think it was a little bit of a big shadow for him. And uh, once that happened, he seemed to relax a lot and really settle down to play. You know, kind of his numbers kind of resembled what uh, he had in the minor leagues. Uh, the kid has really got an infectious presence. You know, everybody seems to, to like him. Uh, he works hard. He's out there working before every game, taking ground balls and hitting. Um, I think if there is a criticism of him, he needs to be a little more consistent in the field. But uh, other than that, I think he was pretty much as advertised. And uh, he really does have some pop in his bat, too, which is a nice thing for a shortstop to have. Yeah, it seems like it's becoming more and more rare for sure. So when, when you look at this Rays club next year, Bill, obviously we've talked they've kind of out outperformed expectations, but everyone knows a good club needs a good closer. Uh, who do you think next year is going to take that job for the Rays, particularly if Sergio Romo doesn't return? It would seem like that spot's a little bit in flux, no? Oh, t- totally. Um, and, you know, they never really even named Romo as the official closer this year. But, of course, he had more service time and experience. I mean, this is a guy who closed out World Series games. Um, and it's not totally out of the question that he could come back. I mean, he uh, Romo has, a, you know, had a great influence on the team, total team player, total pro. Uh, but if he does not come back, um, you know, you might see – Ryan Stanek, who was uh, one of the, um, you know, openers and had really, you know, had some success in that role. Uh, You might see uh, uh, Jamie Schultz, who really didn't, I don't think, show us what he had this year because he had some leg problems. And, uh, you know, you might see, uh, and I really think the the guy you're going to see is uh, Jose Alvarado, uh, the left-hander, you know, the hard-throwing left-hander. He really... Pitched some, he pitched some leveraged innings this year and, and showed well and, and seems to have a little toughness. And then, of course, there's also uh, Diego Castillo. He could be there as well. So I think they have a lot of candidates. But as you know, after covering a lot of baseball, uh, that ninth inning is different. And, you know, heartbeats tend to beat a little faster in the ninth. And uh, that seems to sometimes affect performances. Yeah, absolutely. And 
it seems to me like the Rays kind of never get their due. Uh, you know, you've got these guys who have these great performances, and certainly it's a function of the market and the spotlight. But uh, you look at some of these seasons, one of the ones that stands out is, is C.J. Crone. It's 30 home runs. Uh, he's a guy who very quietly made a lot of contributions. What's his future like? Do you think he'll be back for a second season with this team? Well, it, you know, the, the big thing is he'll be arbitration eligible. And you wonder how he's going to fit in uh, based on you've got Jake Bowers at first. Uh, do you want to just make him the full-time Bowers, or I mean, Crone uh, the full-time DH? Um you know, again, he had a great season. 30 home runs is, is even bigger on the Rays than it is for most clubs. But you wonder if the game plan they have, if uh, uh, Crone would be the guy. Although a lot of times they'll go ahead and go to arbitration and then figure it out later. And speaking of guys who kind of made contributions, Tommy Pham is another one who, you know, after they traded for him, seemed to bring a little intensity to that club. How does he fit in going forward? And what do you think that outfield, that raised outfield looks like for next season? Well, first, you know, I was, uh, I think some of us were a little bit um, confused by his acquisition. He's, even though he's a, he seems to be a really talented player, he's a little bit older. Uh, you know, he came over and was 31. Um, but boy, did he play well and uh, just really brings a, a presence, you know, to the way he plays uh, to the raise. And, um, I think that it's going to be interesting, probably, you know, the infield and outfield going into spring training, they're, they're both crowded and they're good problems to have. Uh, you know, I mean, what happens to Malik Smith? What happens to Austin Meadows? Um, you know, probably the only guy who's really a lock out there is uh, Kevin Kiermaier. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that uh, outfield situation shakes out. Yeah, and, and speaking of, I guess, good problems to have, that opener experiment made a lot of headlines this year. Is that something you feel like the Rays are going to continue to do? And uh, watching what the Brewers did with that one batter with Wade Miley, do, do you feel like that's a function of kind of what the Rays started, Bill? Are they kind of changing the landscape of, of starting pitching? Yeah, I think they have. And I think given their success this year with it, uh, they will continue to use it uh, in some form. Um, I'm not sure they'd use the same guys. I think one of the, the nice derivatives of, of doing that uh, opener is that, you know, you put a guy like Stanek or Castillo in that role and they really hadn't uh, really smoothed out their major league performance yet. And something about starting the game allowed them to maybe, uh, you know, relax a little bit. And, you know, I would expect both of those guys to be at the back end of the bullpen next year. And maybe they'll find a couple other guys to, um, you know, come up and be, you know, serve in that opener role. Right. So it's almost like a feeder program instead of bringing guys. Yeah, the whole uh, uh, even though, even though it was really, I think, you know, a critical part of their success this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, so do you feel like Bill, that would make it tough for guys to want to go to Tampa Bay? I mean, they're not a club that goes out and signs a lot of free agent starting pitchers to begin with. Uh, but given what they've done, do you anticipate that kind of being a, a black mark against them for some of these pitchers? You know, it, it very well could be. I, I think the uh, the whole landscape of pitching, uh, you know, could be changing based on this. And, you know, I think starting pitching, though, as great as it can be, you know, you see guys going more out trying to just blow and go for five innings instead of trying to pace themselves in a complete game. And you got to wonder how that's going to pan out uh, 
you know, the overall effect of it when, you know, it comes time to sign new contracts, uh, you know, and, and move around free agency wise, you know, uh, if, if you're just asked to pitch five innings. Yes. Certainly. You know, certainly last year we saw uh, the free agent market. It seemed like, uh, you know, the, the relievers were the ones who really hit the, you know, hit the banks and uh, some of the starters were left out in the cold. Right. Yeah. It's certainly interesting to look at the way the Rays have really changed the landscape going forward. And like you said, I don't think there's any turning back now. Um, it's certainly something we're going to keep an eye on. Uh, the Rays, such a pitching friendly Tropicana field doesn't seem like it would be too much of a check mark because you're pitching in, in such a nice pitcher's park, a weather controlled dome. On top of that too, I think, uh, you probably have more guys who want to go to the Rays based on uh, the fact that they now seem to be a winning team. So uh, players do like to play for winning teams, but, you know, and number one, and, and, you know, for most of them, they support their families and, uh, you know, they want to go where they get the best deal. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, that's Bill Chastain. I'm Brittany Giroli. This is the latest edition of MLB Extras Rays podcast. We'll see you next week.